Hello and welcome to the Smells Like Infinite Sadness podcast. I'm your host, Michael Taylor. For those of you who don't know, I run the website, SmellsLikeInfiniteSadness.com. It's a blog covering the best alternative rock from the 80s and 90s up to present day. I am a proud middle-aged Gen Xer who is still obsessed with the music of his youth and loves to talk about it. So today we've got a very fun topic. It's going to sure provide some lots of uh, debate and uh, controversy, perhaps. Bands you love or hate. Some bands you can't just be a casual fan of. Some bands you can't just own the greatest hits or say, I like that song okay. I like that song all right. That song's not my favorite. Some bands you're like, ugh, they're terrible. Or they are the most, my favorite band. They like, you know, define my college years or the soundtrack of my youth. Some bands you just hear them, you just feel like you've got, you know, gonorrhea of the ears. So it's it's a uh, all-in, all-out proposition today. We're picking the 10 bands you either love and or hate. We're not just doing alternative. We're also covering classic rock, metal, kind of running the gamut here. So my co-host Chris Logan and I are going to go through each band, discuss why they're loved, why they're hated, give you kind of a pro and con for each, why you should give them a chance, why you should think they're complete and utter garbage. Chris and I went into pretty great detail on the lives bands are loved and hated, so we decided to break this off into a two-parter episode. This is part one, in which we're going to be covering the following groups, Smashing Pumpkins, The Eagles, Rush, Dave Matthews Band, and The Grateful Dead. So sit back and enjoy. All right, everybody. So at long last, Chris Logan and I are going to tackle a sure-to-be-controversial but always fun topic, which are bands <laughs> you you either love or you hate. None of those, well, kind of, sort of, they're all right. No, no, no. Bands that you either live for, have spent your hard-earned money for, will defend to the, to the death, or bands that make you just want to, you know, jump into traffic or smash someone's CDs if you see them with, with a band's name on them. So that's, we're... Zero gray. Zero gray area. Zero gray. And I know we normally kind of stick to alternative rock on this <laughs> on this show, but we're going to mix it up here and cover pretty much everything. We're going to have some metal, some classic rock, some alternative for sure, some prog rock. We're kind of going to run the gamut here and try to get a wide variety so we can... We can go for that. And what we talked about before is a lot to talk about, <laughs> a, lot, a, a lot to talk about. And what we talked about uh, prior to this, getting ready and uh, research that we really don't want to do any things like, you know, the, uh, the Nickelbacks and the Creeds, the Limp Biscuits. I mean, we know that those bands are more reviled and liked. I'm sure there are people out there who obviously love them because they made a lot of money, but we feel it becomes such punching bags at this point. We want to really stick to bands that have a pretty pretty good ratio of 50 50 so that's what we're that's what we're kind of going for here as far as in, in public opinion whereas so all those bands all those bands especially like the nickelback and creed you know they sell millions of copies of records and they come to town and they sell out the show but for some reason i never see one single concert shirt after that show they're afraid like do they not sell merch <laughs> Do, do they not sell merch at the show or does nobody want to be branded? You know, like, yeah, man, that Nickelback, it wasn't so bad. No, 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 no. You went to the show. You got a shirt, right? You would think. I, I mean, mean, same thing, same thing with Coldplay, but yeah, easy targets. Those are the proverbial fish in a barrel. Definitely, definitely easy targets. So we, we've gone, we've gone back and forth. I, 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 we wanted to get a good mix of stuff. I thought we, I think we've got a pretty good mix of bands that you can, you can safely say are great and or terrible. And we're going to run the gamut here. So which one do you want to kick off with, Chris? Well, why don't we start off with the first one on your list? 
All right. Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing, Smashing pumpkin. Pumpkins. Now, we have both talked pretty uh, pretty uh, at depth about the Pumpkins in our previous episode about the best albums from 1993. We discussed how we both loved Siamese Dream and how that is, is yes. by, by far their best album. And the Pumpkins were one of the biggest bands of the 90s. They sold millions of records. They were had some of the most memorable music videos. They were on a bunch of iconic tours. They have a diehard legion of fans. And then there's everybody else who just don't like, <laughs> just, just don't like them. Now, we're, our format for this is we're going to basically kind of give reasons why people like them, why people hate them, and then kind of give our take as far as to our personal taste. So... As far as why people like the pumpkins, and I am a massive pumpkins fan, um, my opinion is that people like the pumpkins because they bring such a, a, a melodramatic flair to their music. They were able to combine a bunch of different genres, you know, shoegaze, metal, um, yeah. goth, everything into one little package. And they were able to yep. do, do so many different varieties of music that you really, you know, they can do pretty much any kind of style of rock that you're interested in. New Prague, they can do it all. Um, and they their first you know three albums were so ambitious and so well produced, but um, there was just something magical about about their early output in in particular that that drew me to them because I remember I I had yeah. I had Gish, my my roommate in college had Gish and uh, Nevermind on. CD and I made a copy and a cassette and one side was Gish and one side was never mind. I must have listened to that thing for like three months straight in, wow. my, in my car. <laughs> that, that was like that, that was that was good grief. That was such. That was, I mean that that's pretty much 1991 for you right there. You know, right? I mean, two two of the biggest bands in the, in the 90s side by side. Yeah, I I remember uh, whenever Gish came out and the the record store. I was just a part time kid and, and telling my manager that you're going to need to get more of this record by a band called smashing pumpkins. And they were like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And I served, I served the pie of crow very well because they ate those words bad. (laughs) Of course, you know, we only got like a, maybe, maybe a couple of cassettes, but you know, within, within two to three months, they could not keep that thing on the shelf period. And then just going back and forth, uh, or, or fast forward to Siamese dream people, people got the idea a little bit better and, you know, it increased. And, uh, about the time that melancholy came out, of course, that, that was just another, a blockbuster record. I kind of wish that they had done a little bit of, um, what GNR had done with a one and two, you know, kind of two different records, you know, uh, instead of like a double disc, I think they would have sold, sold a lot more, honestly, instead of just doing a double disc, but that, that was a ballsy move on, on their behalf for sure. Yeah. Cause, and then after that, you know, their, their output kind of, it kind of wavered, uh, quite a bit as part as you know especially with uh, reaction to you know people people weren't buying the records as quickly yeah uh, um melancholy in the sense that was such a uh 
you know, that's probably the biggest act of musical hubris of, of the decade, I, I would say. Yeah. Because I've been reading an article. It was, yeah. It was crazy. And I read an article of Billy Corgan talking about making that album. And he was basically saying that, you know, whether we're making a double album, but when you really think about it, when you're doing two CDs, that's like the equivalent impact of three vinyl records. So we basically did a triple album. And he goes, the, yeah. the amount of work that took was insane. And I, and I think that, you know, the, the biggest failings of, of that album is as great as it is, you know, there's, you could probably trim about six or seven songs off that thing and, and make a, you yeah. know, a single, you know, make like a full length and an EP or something. There was definitely some, some fat on there. Right. But I think after that, you know, I mean, he could have come out with another Elba album. They could have done, but they did something very interesting, which was they made a door, which was a very kind of trip hoppy, really subdued, new ordery style uh, electronic album. It's it seemed to re, it seemed to reflect a little, yeah, it seemed to reflect a little bit more of what was going on for the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, you know, the trip hop, and, and 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 yeah, that the sound was a lot more not as forward. In you know, a, a sort of, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to use I'm going to use the the artist that I think was always the trendsetter, but Bowie. I mean, Bowie was setting, you know, he was always five years ahead of everybody or ten years at some point. Mm-hmm. And then in the mid '90s, much like Pumpkins, um, they just started kind of following what was going on in the market. Which, uh, you know, I guess that's the record label in them. I don't know if somebody talked them into that, but I mean, they, those are two artists that I think if they had just followed their own artistic vision, you know, and, and maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but I mean, I started to kind of fall away around, well, after Pisces Iscariot, because that was, that was a big, that was a, that was what that B sides. Yeah, that was a rarities gr- record. That was a great, great you know? collection of songs. You know, and you know that that reflected a lot more of what was going on those first uh, three records, and then then they started to kind of kind of go in, in in different directions. You know, and more power to them for sure. But by by far, those you know, give me Siamese Dream all day long. And I will tell you that I will love special pumpkins. And I think that's what happened. I think what happened was, you know, they mm-hmm. made, they made a door, an album that I really love. I think it's a great album, but you know, people were like, where's the, where's the mayonnaise? Where's the, you know, where, where's the, where's, right. the, where's the heavy yeah. gu- guitar? There's, there's no heavy guitar. And I think, I think he was going through a depression because of his loss of his mom. And of course, Jimmy Chamberlain, the, the whole drama behind him getting kicked out of the band. I think there's a lot of turmoil and there's even one song, Shame, yeah. Shame, which is a really cool song. It's all written about, about Michael Hutchins, who was a friend of his. So it was a lot. It was a very dour, kind of dark, you know, goth album in, in many ways. But when that album came out, you really, you had the diehards and then the people who were like, well, I like their old stuff. And, and that was, that's when their fan base kind of began to fracture. And then by the time right. 2000's Machina came along, there was so much hatred in the band that they, you know, that they blew up. And then, right. And, and I, think, I don't think it ever recovered. It, I, I don't think it ever reached the status anymore. No, it didn't. At and, that point. And then they come back, of course, where it's just Billy and Jimmy. And, and then you start getting to the point where the reasons, another reason people don't, that, that hate the Smashing Pumpkins, one of the reasons that they don't like them is, is largely because of Billy Corgan. 
either a his voice, which is an acquired taste, it's very nasally and you know, yeah, not the most powerful vocalist. But more importantly, yeah, he can be a bit of a jackass, and you know, between <laughs> between between de- yeah. between declaring to every magazine that would that would interview him that that he played all the parts on the album except for the drums, and leaving James Ihan Darcy looking you know like they're twisting in the wind, and you know beyond Alex Jones. I mean, he's done so many things that you're just like, you know, it's like, he almost like he goes out of his way to, to kind of be a dick sometimes, which I, th- which I think is the professor pe- professional wrestling fan in him. Is that kind of, he, he's, he's kind of like, the, yeah. like the professional troll. He, he likes, he kind of feeds off that being kind of the, the, you know, the public enemy, the, you know, and it may be fun for him, but it's a real chore for his fans. Cause you get tired defending him all the time. Right. You know, but, all I can say is I, I did see the band uh, in September on their reunion tour with, with a 75% reunion tour and they sounded fantastic. They played for over three hours, which is like a cure link set, which I was, I was not expecting. I mean, they wow. play the deep cuts, the B sides, you know, porcelina, Siva, mayonnaise, Hummer, I mean, everything you could think of. It was just, it was fantastic, and it was really, really good wow. show. So they could still bring it, although I have to say, I, I got a copy of their new album uh, a couple weeks ago. I reviewed it, and it was, it's it's going to be a bit of a uh, a bit of a letdown for a lot of <laughs> a lot of fans. It it there was there's one song called Silvery Sometimes, which is basically like, it's kind of like a like a redo of 1979. It's really good. It's very it's got that that classic nostalgic feel to it. But the rest of it sounds real. I mean, for Rick Rubin to produce it, I don't know what happened, but it's just, it's really lacking. I think in urgency, I, I just, you know, I'm hoping, huh. I'm hoping they're going to get their, get their shit together for the next, which they're going to do. Maybe, you know, maybe it's, it's just getting the feelers together since they're all kind of re- reuniting and get the chemistry back, but it's just not rocking hard enough for me, which is the complaint from a door. Yeah. I don't know whatever yeah. what other thoughts you have as far as why the pumpkins are so hated, but I think largely, you know, it's 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 kind of ego. I mean, it's it's you know one of the things that a lot of people may not know is that uh, well they probably do know is that uh, Kurt Cobain hated <laughs> ha- hated Billy Corgan. Um, yes, one because yeah. one because they both slept with the same woman, Courtney Love, and right, and two because he thought that. He called the Pumpkins careerists because they had guitar solos and they were well produced, which of course is silly because Nirvana's albums were also very well produced. Let's not right. pretend like, like they're not. But I think the Pumpkins, one reason they got shit is that they were unapologetic rock stars in an era that really tried to like say we're not rock stars, we're regular dudes. And the Pumpkins were like, no, yeah. no, no, we're we may dress like we're from a thrift store and and be really kind of odd and and not like your typical you know pinups, but we're. We want to be rock stars. I may be a rat in a cage, but let me tell you, I'm making the money. <laughs> that's that's right. And I think there was something something appealing about that for for some people, and and it was a turnoff for a lot of other people. So I think that's another. Yeah, I, for uh, on, on on my end, it was it was just kind of it was it was really Billy's ego that that was uh, the audacity, I guess you might say. There was that uh, even a time whenever um, me and my current wife now, you know, we we got married just a couple uh, three months ago, and um, we went to go see the Pumpkins back in the '90s, and it was on Capitol Records. Bill, you know, they gave us tickets and everything, and then 
after the show, I saw the representative from the record label who said, hey, do you want to go back and meet the band? And we both really looked at each other and we knew a lot of the, uh, a lot of what was, what was being said on the outside about, about the band. Mm -hmm. And we, we, uh, politely declined (laughs) to go see, to go meet the band because I didn't want it to be one of those. I don't want to meet you. You be a dick. And then I have to go home and throw away my copy of Siamese Dream. Exactly. That's like the, the, the worst, the worst, I, I the worst fear. We willfully decline to meet them just because, or at least for me, just for that. I don't want, I don't want to meet you and be, and, and, and I'd rather just hear from the outside, from other people that I know that did go and meet you that night and hear that you were <laughs> a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we could just leave it at, oh, well, I heard he was a jerk, you know, that kind of stuff. And not, man, he was an absolute ass. I've got rid of all my Pumpkins records, you know. Yeah, that's. I didn't want to do that. So yes. that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because. But I do think, I do think part of that is, 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 is. Especially these days, you know, he, he really does seem to come off a little bit more cocky than he, than I, than I wish he would, you know? Yeah, and he's always saying, like, why can't I be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Why do people, and I, and I, I mean, I, you know, it's like, are the Foo Fighters a better band? No. Is Dave Grohl, you know, I mean, but Dave Grohl is one of the nicest guys in rock and people like him. And, right. and that's, right. and that's why they're so beloved. I think, I think that, you know, he's kind of his own worst enemy in that, in that regard. Although I will say, I did see them on the Machina tour right before they broke up the first time around and they were actually all outside signing autographs. And I was like, well, should I, should I not? And I just walked up and said hi for a few seconds. And he was, he was polite. He, he just wasn't like super chatty, but he wasn't a dick. So that was kind of a relief. And, and, right, and, right. and James, James, I was very nice. He was very, very pleasant. So, but yeah. I, and, and I can see James being very, very, um, very cool, but yeah, Billy just man, I don't know. I'm I'm not ready to meet him. I I think <laughs> I, I think I think what gets me uh, what upsets pumpkin fans like myself is that people are like, Oh, Billy Corsa did oh put fuck those go though and, and it's like you know why they're saying it, but it's like I wish the songs could have speak for themselves because he is a brilliant songwriter yeah. and th- that's what gets lost. All right. Well now we're going to switch gears almost completely and talk about one of the uh, I guess one of the early rock supergroups, one of the bands that defined the seventies, and uh, you know every classic rock station won't stop playing them. And that is the Eagles. <laughs> the the Eagles are <sighs> an, an American rock <laughs> institution, but Chris and many don't don't like them, and so I'm gonna let you take off with why you, people don't like them, and I will try to give some sort of defense just to be a democratic. So the the Eagles' greatest hits recently was dubbed as the greatest or the biggest selling record of all time, at least here in the United States. I don't know how many that is. I don't know if it's like 28 million copies of greatest hits or whatever. And what I'm wondering is, why are they still buying greatest hits? There's like a very best of double disc. 
that that would cover it. But how how they count uh, music sales these days, also, like if you go to, I think how it works is if you go to Greatest Hits and buy Hotel Cal, if ten people buy Hotel California, they consider that one very greatest hits if you buy it from that record so that's one unit of that it could be the same song 10 different times but they still count that as one unit so whatever i mean it's it it just that's messed up math but anyway do not like the eagles tepid boring (laughs) absolutely soulless I, i you know i i like america the band more than I like the Eagles. If that wow. puts it in perspective, oh, I think I'd so. rather <laughs> listen to Steels and Croft. I less, I'd rather listen to bread than the Eagles. And that's <laughs> all within the same sort of time frame. <laughs> I mean, it's soft rock. It's a little boring, but let me tell you, I just don't like the Eagles. But then I'll tell you something that happened back in the early nineties. There was a compilation called Common Thread, a tribute to the Eagles. I yawned. I yawned big. <laughs> then I looked at the, the lineup and I and I was I really wasn't sure about it because it was a bunch of bunch of country artists doing the Eagles. And I thought, oh, oh boy, makes makes the situation yeah. worse. But let me tell you. I will take Clint Black doing Desperado one million times before I could take the Eagles doing any song from their catalog at all, period. It was really a good record. So it's not the songs, it's the band. There's something about the band that just does not click with me. I really did enjoy that Common Thread tribute record for all intents and purposes. I mean, mind you, it was, I don't, I don't remember who else was on it. It was, it was a who's who of country music at that point in like 1992. If I can look it up real quick, um, I'll try to punch it up. So Common Thread. But it was, it, to me, it was much more enjoyable than anything than than the actual <laughs> than the actual Eagles. Here, Travis Tritt did Take It Easy. Oh boy. Little Texas did yeah, Little Texas did peaceful, easy feeling. There it is. Clint Black doing Desperado. John Anderson, Heartache Tonight. Alan Jackson doing Tequila Sunrise. That was a good one. Who did Hotel California? I mean but uh, Hotel California. Actually, I don't think anybody did Hotel California on this one. That's weird. Because you know that's that's a well, it's a it's a lengthy song. You know, honestly, I think the song's at least a uh, really a six minute song. And back then, if you wanted a country band to do a six minute song, that ain't gonna work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we 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 need to keep this stuff at around four and a half, three minutes or so. It, it, especially at you know, let's see what year was this? It was nineteen uh, nineteen ninety three. So, yeah, the artists on it were just you know John Anderson, Alan Jackson, Susie Bogus, 
Vince Gill, Diamond Rio, Trisha Yearwood, Billy Dean, Brooks and Dunn are on it, just in case. <laughs> so, like I said, not the songs, it's just the band. I'm I mean, out. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that, that feel that way. They just think their Eagles are just kind of like, you know, blase, uh, kind of middle of the road. And, and they're definitely middle of the road. I, I When I think about the Eagles, I think of a few things. I think about being driven to school by my dad. Uh, right. To, to elementary school or to high school, whenever. And hearing like uh, Hotel California on Q102 or the Eagle in the morning. Yeah. And just hearing that song, and it kind of lulled me into like a trance. Like I was, I was really taken by the lyrics. I thought the lyrics were really kind of trippy, and I was, it was, it almost felt like a Twilight Zone kind of a thing. So I was like really intrigued by, by the lyrics. So that I actually started to like that song. And then when I first got a uh, got a uh, hooked into the great uh, '80s um, money trap that is the Columbia Record House. Um, uh, 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 what they call it? Columbia? What they call it? Columbia? Tinkins Re- for a penny. Yeah, Tinkins. Yeah. yeah. So, so I did that, and I had like the weirdest assortment. I had like Megadeth, Depeche Mode, Metallica, The Cure, Split Ends, Terrence Trent D'Arby, Eagle, Eagles uh, Greatest Hits, and Eagles Greatest Hits, <laughs> Eagles Greatest Hits. And that was I just I was like, oh, well, I'll try it, and and. I, 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 it was it was, a, it was a it was a weird mix, but but I was like you know I I kind of like the Eagles a little bit. I don't know. I mean I, I mean I mean do I crave listen to them all the time? No, well, but if but if Hotel California's on the radio, I'll I'll listen to it. And I don't like all their stuff, like peaceful, easy feeling. I don't like that. I don't like the more country sounding sound of stuff. I know plenty of people, plenty of my friends. I mean, we're talking about one of the actually the biggest selling record of all time now. So certainly I have to have some friends that have that record, right? Absolutely. And they like the Eagles and they've gone out of their way to actually go see the Eagles. Like they paid money to see the Eagles. Oh, I, I know, I know someone, (laughs) I know someone who's in in like her like uh, mid to late twenties and she is obsessed with the Eagles. That's very odd. You know, you just think that's that's still like, still Crossing generation divides, you know, it's, it's kind of a, they gain fans. That's, that's bizarre to me. It is, but they still gaining fans. But I, I think, you know, the Eagles were kind of like, uh, I mean, the Eagles are popular, like in the seventies, I guess the early seventies. And, yeah. uh, there's a lot of instability at that time and politically and everything. Uh, yeah. So, so maybe it was just kind of, it was a safe tamer choice after all the hippie stuff. Maybe that was yeah, one reason. And, and I, oh yeah. I mean, it's the same reason why, you know, like the bands I mentioned before, like, you know, bread in America and seals and croft and all that junk. That's, that's exactly, it was, it wasn't hippie, but it was just hippie enough. Like what did they call this you know, guy? It was like champagne cowboy or something weird like that. Was it like their like, nickname for it like a whole, uh, whole seventies rock scene like that? that uh, maybe so. I think I remember hearing that one, that that title before, but, you know, it, hey, you know, I don't have anything it, it, like against against all the, the, the members individually. I just don't like the records and, and that that was it. And it wasn't 
you know, it wasn't them. It was the band. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Eagles, e- Eagles are liked by a lot of people. Knock yourselves out. I mean, I'm sure they're planning another tour or something like that with Neil Finn on guitar or something since he seems to be replacing most of your classic rock bands. <laughs> Extra guitarist. Oh, Neil Finn's going to play with them? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Neil, Neil Finn's actually in, in place of Lindsey Buckingham on uh, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, okay. So Interesting. I just figured, you know, hey, you know, maybe he'll just take up that that mantle and actually i think last i heard vince gill was was working with him so vince gill's an underrated guitarist honestly <laughs> and well, so i think what was weird about the eagles and so many of bands from that time like you, know, you got steve winwood and so many different others but you know they made that leap to the 80s and they went from this like rustic kind of sound to doing like boys of summer which i i'm sorry i i, I absolutely Love that song. It's so damn catchy. Right. But, you yeah. know, you, and then you had, you know, Glenn Fry doing Shakedown. And no, that was Bob Seeger. Mm-hmm. Another guy who did, the, did their weirdly, but Glenn Fry did uh, The Heat Is On and, you know, You Belong to the yeah. City. And well, they, yeah, Heat Is On. Yeah. And it got so cheesy, yeah. you know, like the only guy that didn't really go all pure cheese was, uh, I guess, was Joe, uh, Joe, um, not Joe, Joe Walsh. Co- Joe Walsh. Yeah. yeah. He was like, the, he's like, Joe he was like, Walsh. Yeah. he was like, he was probably like the one, like, cranky dude of the eagles he was like the most like rocking of the of the group i would say yeah you had to pick yep. one person but yeah the eagles are just kind of there yep. you know it's like I don't, I don't i'm never gonna go pay to go see him live i'm not gonna buy any more nope. music besides my cassette which is long gone by now and uh they're just <laughs> they're just but but I, but I i do get why bands like that are just you know they're just you know it's something that's so uh well i think you can even even you know, talking about bands like Nickelback and or whatever, it's, it's some bands they just they do not have any desire, need, or uh, you know, uh, uh, want to ever push the envelope. They like stick in their lane and staying life in the fast lane, staying in the in the slow lane, and just kind of keeping it. Yeah, <laughs> keep keep keeping it that one thing. Although before I move on, I will say you talked about how Clint um, Black did a good cover Desperado. Have you ever listened to that Langley music project? No, no. Yeah, it's I. I don't know the whole full story right, but it was like this. It was like this weird uh, Canadian. I think it's Canadian high school. And during the seventies, they were they would make these big music programs and try to get some of the kids to perform. And they was singing in this gigantic gymnasium, and it almost had like a Phil Spector kind of wall of sound quality. It's very eerie, and he, all these wow. kids are, they're like singing the Beach Boys and whatever. But this girl sang Desperado. Oh, cool sing Desperado and it was a really interesting moving moving cover. But yeah, you should yeah, just just go on YouTube and look up Langley Music Project and see what you think about it. It's very Okay. Kinda trippy. You know, these little kids with these little, you know very cool angelic voices tackling classic rock. Kinda strange. Nothing wrong with it. Why don't we just jump into Rush? I say we just let's let's do Rush. <laughs> I I wanna talk I'm gonna i am gonna talk me some Rush. Rush Rush it Rush is a band that I think have been unfairly pegged. And this, I don't know. I've never been to a Rush concert, which I, I'm ashamed to say. I've always wanted to go. But, you know, basically, you know, you can't you can't get a girl by listening to Rush. It's kind of been the running joke. You know, it's like girls hate Rush. And I don't know. I think Dawn likes Rush. <laughs> but she may be it. My wife hates Rush. Past girlfriends have all hated wow. Rush. 
I know. I know. But you said Dawn likes Rush. I thought she's. I thought one day on Facebook she was talking about Rush and said she liked it. So she may. She may at least. She, I know she at least likes likes a couple of songs. But I can't. That's interesting. Okay. But, I don't know. remember that. I, I I know one one girl that likes. Actually, I take that back. I know two girls that like Rush. Two. One of them is married. So I don't know. To do you- a, a guy who wasn't really familiar with Rush, I think. I think. I don't know for certain. Now, without without us trying to to be seen as too old white sexist males, why, <laughs> why, why, why? I wonder why that is. I wonder why. Why is it because it's not easy to dance I, to? You I, know. I'm just trying to figure. You out. You know, I, I, can't, I can't get it. I, I, I guess it's one of those things where I try try to kind of figure it out. Whenever I first got turned on to rush and it was probably 1982 or 83. I'm going to go with 83 actually. Um, they weren't very, <laughs> there was nothing about them that screamed pop music at all. I mean, they weren't, they weren't three sexy guys from Canada. I mean, they weren't like triumph triumph wore tight pants and at least had some guitar solos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rush did not. Rush did not wear tight pants. They sang about the Cold War at A that lot. point. And if you went back further on, on their catalog, they're screaming, you know, screaming songs about, you know, Xanadu. Well, shit, we just did that in freaking English class. Why do I want to, you know, hear a song about that? You know, I mean, there was, I, I don't think there was anything appealing about it to at least n- not even, I, you know, not even the girls that I grew up with. <laughs> I mean, it was years later before I met at least the two that I know. Dawn's kind of a wild card right now, by the way. So, <laughs> oh, she, she, oh, 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 always has been. <laughs> we'll have to yeah, tell her. That's true. That's in more ways than one. We'll have to tell her. I to hope she listens. Give, give her a shout out in the show. I'll, I'll make sure she does now. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, but I, you know, as far as as far as Rush goes, I, you know, I don't know what it was that that made them not not appealing to a certain, you know, to to females. I mean, I thought the music was good, and yeah, maybe you can't dance to it, but it was it was good music. And, yeah, and, no. I and, don't know. And even with, with with a lot of guys too. I mean, if if a lot of uh, you know, a lot of hair metal loving dudes, oh, or, or a lot of goth yeah. new wave guys, they're not going to be big Rush fans either. So it, it's you know, it's it's it, it was a certain. I don't know what, and I'm trying to think of even why I like Rush. You know, they they are extremely <laughs> they're extremely weird band. I mean, you know, right. I. I I think I didn't really get into them much until I got that Power Windows album, you know, which was a very big yeah. sh- shift when they started kind of. And that's even straight talking about a while ago about egos morphing and breaking up and going these little weird, like cheesy '80s stuff. Well, Rush went from yeah. this kind of '70s prog rock organ, you know, just thirty minute jams into this weird kind of new wave sound that you know, yeah, had, and, and yeah, there was. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen the documentary for. Oh, it's great! Um, it's so good. Yeah, what, what, what was it called? Be, uh, Beyond 
beyond the, the stage. Yeah, or, beyond, yeah, but beyond the light of stage, it's excellent documentary. Beyond, yeah, ex, most excellent documentary. Now, I will say that I know um, some some females that have watched that and loved it, but I don't know if they went back and and you know were like, oh yeah, Rush is so great, <laughs> you know. But I mean, it's it's a great story of you know kids from some small you know well maybe not small town Canada but you know whatever you know a couple of kids that grew up together and they've been in this band for you know forty plus years now at this point so you know I, for for me as far as liking Rush I mean yeah sure maybe there was that like fantasy sort of driven stuff going on that I, I mean we. Of course, we all like uh, Tom Sawyer and Limelight and Spirit of the Radio back mm-hmm. back in the early '80s. Remember, they would come on Q102 or or um, uh, the, 98 the zoo. Yeah, the zoo. The yeah, Eagle. Yeah. I mean, it was it was it was in rotation on all three of those for sure. And those are those are solid solid songs. And but if you really dug in a little bit and hit like you know hemispheres or. Um, 2112 or any you know any of those records heck caress of steel ooh, you know you're getting into a, a, a little bit deeper into the catalog to where you might have questioned where 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 they are at these days you know yeah because they you know they definitely never really you know they, they never stuck to one sound too long i mean i think the spirit of radio is such a is such a good example because it starts off kind of you know, traditional kind of prog rock. And then it, you know, has this kind of like weird police reggae kind of sound at, at some parts, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really odd when you think about it, but it's so catchy. Yeah. That, actually, that's the song that, that Don was talking about. She likes spirit of radio. So let's see. Okay. My, perfect, my, brain, my, my, my brain's working now, but, uh, there you go. <laughs> but I, maybe, maybe it has something to do with appealing to guys because it was like, it's really complicated, Parts and it was impressive. Like your Neil Peart's drumming was just nuts, you know, and and just you know, yeah, it, it kind of appealed, appealed to nerds. I think in in, in I think because Rush were kind of nerdy. Their their lyrics were certain very very nerdy. Uh, you oh know, yeah, you know, yeah. Bite, bite tar and the snow dog. I mean stuff like that's really strange, right? You know, they <laughs> they, they they have some some odd stuff, but you know, I really I well, like and I like I, I like their eighties period quite quite a bit. But go ahead. Where, oh where yeah. Well, and I was going to say that '80s period, whenever you know, whenever they started getting to like the mid '80s, you know, the '83, I was fascinated with Cold War. Mm-hmm. Period. I yeah, mean, we were all I, you obsessed know, with it. The, I was, I was absolutely obsessed. You know, not not that I thought that the, you know, I was going to be bombed on any minute now by the by the Russians or anything like that. But I mean, just the just the, the, the pop, I guess you might say the pop culture behind all of it. You know, it was the red Dawn movie back then. Oh was, yeah. I mean, day after I, I mean the day after, yeah, all of that stuff. It, it, it fascinated me that there was such as like end of the world culture, I guess is really what it was that, you know, everything was going to end and, or, or go through this big, big change and uh, whatever, (laughs) you know, it was a tense time. Yeah, it was, it was tense. 
but I felt okay, <laughs> honestly. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that those, you know, Grace Under Pressure, I love that record. Love that record. Yeah, what was the, what was the and main? And Power song? Windows. What was the main single off Grace Under Pressure? It was, uh, what was that? It was a Power Distant, Windows. Distant Early Warning was off oh. Grace Under Pressure. Was that, was that the? Uh, yes. Yeah, Power Windows was, yeah. was great. Power Windows had the song about making the bomb, had the Manhattan Project, had that track, which was great. Yep. And Mystic Rhythms, which yep. I always liked. But I think mm-hmm. I liked the follow-up even better, which was Hold Your Fire. Is that right? Hold Your Fire? Did you really? Did I, you really? I, I really liked that album a lot. I liked the, uh, that China song. I liked the one with, uh, with, uh, mm-hmm. what's the, what's the first track? Amy of the, Band. Yeah, that was good, but it was that first yeah. song. That, First saw that tough times, the man, uh, tough talk, the man, tough, tough, tough times. What, <laughs> I think it's the first song that, out there. That op- open letter to something. Yes. Was that it? Yeah, I love that. Tough times. I, I could listen to that all day. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they kind of lost well, You me. know, it, it, I, I had I, I had to let it go for a little bit. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I liked I liked that that album, but it didn't catch me as much as as the other the other two. But oh, and then rolled the bones. Ugh. That was I was about to say that was that was their that was their end of the year. That was that was the the low point. That was I mean, um, I mean what was that line? It was um, we're gonna drop some facts. Presto, gonna, presto, and roll the bones. I could do without, but after that. Is is kick whenever some, they 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 picked it up for me, yeah. Yeah, kick some gluteus max. And, and I've probably seen them at least four or five times, at minimum minimum four at least, because I, I did see them on Counterparts. Actually, it may it may only be three times. I think it was Counterparts, Vapor Trails. Gosh, maybe I did see them on Test for Echo. I wish I, I wish I saw. I don't know. I, I, I've seen them a handful of times now. And it it's such a fun show, and you're in your tribe, of course. And there's like, you know, that song's called Force Ten, by the way. Demand tough talk. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 still a great crowd. They they love every second of it, and. Uh, who knows if we'll see them tour again, you know, probably not. That, I mean, that last tour. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly wouldn't foresee it, but I don't know. You, you never know. You never know with those guys. So I guess, yeah. You I mean, know what's going to come up against them. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Of all the bands on this list, I'm having the hardest time explaining why Rush are so great because it's, they're hard to explain because their music is very, very complex. Yeah. Their lyrics are very cerebral. Yeah. The voice is is like Billy Corgan. It's a very acquired taste. I mean, I mean, I think so, 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 someone someone saying it sounds like a like a mosquito. You know, I mean, that's a fair assessment. It's got a very very high, strange voice. Which I, <laughs> but but yeah. but I think I think he's one of those singers. Uh, there's certain singers that I think that start off kind of wobbly but get better. I think he sounds much better now than he used to. I think he's kind of grown into his voice. Oh yeah, yeah, kind of absolutely. Into, grown into his face. I mean, he, he seems like a much more like, uh, yeah, a, a much, yeah. you know, a stronger performance. I, I just, that's also just age. You know, you get older, your voice drops lower. That's probably a part of it. But, uh, yeah, but that's, you know, rush. were just a very quirky 
trio that made songs that were not about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and that makes them special. And they and they freaking sold out arenas all over the country. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's weird. There's, it's, it's, <laughs> it's really great. It is really weird. They're they're like one of those one of those bands you can't really. Yeah, I'm. Folks, you know, if you're listening to the Anchor app, you can make comments and while you're listening to this. So if you want to tell us why you think Rush are so great since we're failing to really do it, please feel free to drop us a line. Or I'm why like, they or, or why they're not that good. Yeah, why they're not but that good. Even though even though your opinion's probably not exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> I think people, I kid, I kid. <laughs> I think, and I get why people dislike them because I mean, you know, if someone wants like a three minute oh, yeah. rock, rock song with a good riff and and you know some normal sure. sounding vocals and they can shake your ass to, you know, Rush is not going to be it. You know, they're going right. to be these long weird songs. So they're they're just one of those. I call them like an investment band. You can't just like turn them on the radio. They and are. You got to really sit down and listen to it. It's it's one of those things. It's like you got to you know sit down and get into the groove and. You know, I was talking to Kelly, um, Kelly Edwards from, from um, Kelly Edwards. I'm going to do this again. Kelly Scott from Failure. I uh, did an interview yeah. with him about his new album that they did, which is this long, sprawling concert album. He's kind of talking about, oh, right. you know, how it's so important for them to still get the track listing correct, get the whole process, listen to like a journey. You know, it's, sure. You know, oh, in, yeah. this, in this day and age, you can't really do that. But Rush were one of those bands that you really, it's one of those bands that you, Back before the internet and everything, you could take the time out and just kind of chill out, read the lyrics, and just kind of get in the zone. And it's almost like in this little mini psychological movie, you, you could play through your head, yeah, like a radio play in some yeah. strange way. So that's exactly, why, yeah. That's why I think they're great, and that's why I think some people don't like them. I think it's just, it's just one of those, one of those lines on the sand. If it's not your thing, no problem. But you know, good who, job, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, who do you, you got to get Michael to see him again? So come on. I know. I know. Let's, let's I hate, get back together. <laughs> I hate how many bands I, I have not seen. It's embarrassing. I've seen yeah. so many shows. You got oh, so many glaring. Oh I don't get it. You just, you just made another episode right there. <laughs> there yeah. There we go. Gigs that we, the best, the best shows and shows we wish we could have seen. Okay, that's coming in the future. Yep. That, yep. may, be, that may be our next one. All right. Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews. I'm trying to... All right. I All right. Got... So I'm at Dave Matthews Anonymous, and I walk <laughs> in and I go, hi, my name's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> hi, yeah. Chris. I bought a Dave Matthews record. Yeah, we all have, man. We all have. But actually, I didn't buy it because it was a promo that I got from like my record label person that I was like, oh, okay. Because I had a girlfriend who really liked Dave Matthews' band. And so we listened to Dave Matthews and, you know, hung out and drank beers and, you know, whatever. Then I bought her a t shirt. Then I bought a matching t shirt. They were on clearance, so they were only like three bucks each, maybe, with my discount. And then, like, we broke up, and so now I don't like Dave Matthews. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, Dave, Dave Matthews are the, basically the polar opposite of Rush, where Rush has, a you know, almost 90% male fan base. Dave Matthews are prime. I, I know guys like him, but exactly. I know, I know, yeah. I, I know more women that like Dave Matthews that really yes. kind of d- dig his stuff. And I, I just don't get it. I tell you, I remember I was hanging out with someone in college who I was kind of interested in. And she's like, I'm going to play you this band and see this Dave Matthews. And it was, uh-huh. it was that, it's another girl. Yeah. It was that, that ants marching yeah. song. And I'm like, I got to ants my pants. You got to turn yeah. this off. It's making me crazy. That, that electric fiddle. Yeah, see, that's, yeah. It was like a knife to the brain. His voice. Oh, I just, I, I, I just, it's, it's, I, I, yeah, the way you feel about Eagles, I think I feel yeah. like, like 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 threefold about Dave Matthews. I just can't. I can't. Wow! Wow! Whoa! Whoa! No! No! Nobody can overtake my. Uh, no! No! <laughs> I, I will. I will quadruple my hate for Eagles if you if you trifold it or triple it, whatever you want to do. But no, I, I you know I, I'm right there with you though. I, I you know I I don't. I had that crash record or whatever it was because I had a girlfriend at the time who was into Dave Matthews and like I said, blah, 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 but we didn't have matching t-shirts. That was a lie. I'm just saying right now, but you know, I bought her the t-shirt. It was only $3. But my, and my one thing about Dave Matthews is that he, I, I recognize that aside from Dave Matthews himself, they're all most excellent musicians. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Very excellent musicians, but then I will stop there. Yeah, it just, it just, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't grab me. I, I, I nope. definitely, I don't like his voice. His voice is something that it, it's, you know, where people feel that Billy Corgan and Gilly Lee. That's how I feel about Dave Matthews' voice. It just something yeah. about it. Just I don't. And I had this thing. It's, it's, uh, and we may be getting into it later in another band, but it's that is a whole. Hey! It's, it's that weird way of singing where, where you're where you're always going right. up. You're like deliberately going off key. Yeah. I, I, yep. I, I hate. I'm like you can just sing on key. Just sing on key. You can do that. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. And, and that's that's like nails on a chalkboard. Then the electric fiddle. I just want to. I just want to smash it. It's awful. That sound is just like oh, it's like Mannheim steamroller or something. That weird keyboard sound. It reminds me of Whoa, that. They're really yeah. like is something yeah. about it. Just it's one of those like just makes my teeth hurt kind of thing. But I know. I mean. Yeah. He still has huge crowds. He just put out a new album. I mean, you know, he's, you know, but, but, you know, for me, Dave, yeah. Matt, Dave Matthews is akin to their infamous sewer incident where their truck broke down because their porta potty exploded <laughs> all over. I mean, that's, that's kind of, yeah. that's kind of how I feel about, about their music, but I've gotten into, <laughs> I've gotten into fights with lots of people about Dave Matthews and they get really offended. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah, they get really mad. I've had a lot of people get really, you know, like a lot of friends have wow. long arguments because I won't give in. They're like, no, wow. no, he's better than the Smashing Poke. No, he's not. Nope. Nope. No, 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 no. I wow. don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I, wow. I mean, you know. I certainly know people that like Dave Matthews band, but then at the same time, they know, they know that, that, <laughs> well, they call me a snob anyway, so <laughs> you know it's it's all grain of salt with you know with me because you know hey I'm the guy that likes the the that cattle decapitation band too so whatever <laughs> you know and 
you know, so getting getting somebody that riled up over Dave Matthews, that sounds a little strange to me. <laughs> oh, 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 they are there are some very passionate Dave Matthews fans. Thank God my wife doesn't Ow. like him doesn't like him either. I do way. not know I do not know those people. Thank goodness. <laughs> I just I just there's just there's no there's just no I need some kind of edge to my music. I don't know how to describe it. But I don't feel any edge from Dave Matthews. It's just, it's just kind of yeah. like this feel. You know what it is? You know what it is? I, I'm, I'm getting it more to it now. I have a real problem liking music that sounds super cheery. I like things that are that are that are that are darker sounding. I actually get more pleasure out of out of out of dark music than I do happy music. I just don't really care for really like uh, some other examples. I don't like. like I don't like. Uh, Who's another example of a band? I don't like that sounds so happy. I don't like the Carpenters or stuff like that, or, or like, you know, they're, they're just certain that it's kind of cheery. Everything's cool. I'm like, no, wait a minute. I, I just, I can't. So you're saying you don't like the Archies? Yeah, no, I don't like the Archies. Yeah, no, no, that's not a big surprise. I, you know, I, I just, I, you know, I like the Beach Boys weirder stuff, but yeah, there's something about really happy music that makes me like my most hated song of all time. Miserable. Is, that yeah. makes it makes you more miserable. The miserable music because yeah. miserable music sounds like it makes you happy. It makes me Bam. it makes me very happy. I need some kind of nailed it. Some kind of edge there. I mean, nailed it. My most hated song of all time is "Walking on Sunshine" by Katrina and the Waves because it's one of those like, "Hey everybody, oh hey!" I just I, 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 it makes <laughs> it, it makes me like feel like really violently uh, frustrated. So there's a there's a sunniness to Dave Matthews that really you know maybe he's got some dark songs that I don't know about because I've only you know heard what's on the radio, but what's on the radio. You know, it, it's funny because I, I think there was a record after that crash record to where some people called it Dave Matthews' dark album. And I listened, shoot, I don't remember the name of it. I'm not even going to waste my time looking it up. But I remember thinking, oh, wow, this is his dark album. And kind of going, wow. It's a good thing you guys don't get a hold of the cure. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be able to take that. <laughs> because let me tell you, and that's a tough ride for you guys. I I, I can feel it. Wow. <laughs> you guys need to get a grip. Move on. <laughs> you know, I th- I think too with Dave Matthews is that he's, he's in that same, this makes a pretty good segue actually to our, our, one of our next bands, but He's in that same kind of uh, sphere as like Blues Traveler or uh, uh, oh yeah, what's uh, Government Mule or Widespread Panic or or Fish. Yeah. There's a whole they're not as jam oriented as those people. They do have that component to them, and that the noodle bands, the noodle bands, noodle. and the noodle bands are you know talk about. Love or hate. So I think if we're going to talk about noodle bands, which we should, we really got to start off with the one that kicked off the whole genre. And that's, of course, the Grateful right. Dead. Grateful Dead, of course, are an institution. Even though Jerry right. Garcia is gone, they're coming back to some incarnation next year. They're still still playing. Bob it, Weir's still playing. It seems, like, it seems like at least half of the people that they inducted in the music, Rock and Roll Music Hall of Fame are dead. I mean, I yeah. have to get an update, but I think they they inducted like twenty people for that band. Yeah, which, I, I I think that's why it's it's close to twenty, if not 
if not exactly 20. And that's, I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, that is crazy. First and, and foremost. Yeah. I mean, the Grateful Dead, I'm, I've always tried to figure them out because I always wanted to like them because I love their, I always, as a kid, I love their, um, their uh, symbol, you know, their. Right. Oh, yeah. Because it, cause it the looked, symbol is fantastic. It, 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 if it's not one of the best in the business, I mean, it, it certainly it, it it may only ring to uh, the second place to the Rolling Stone lip. Yeah, lip, lip, yeah, because it's it's a really cool image. But I think what kind of bummed me out about yeah. the Grateful Dead was that I see that image and I hear that name, and I'm expecting some miserable music that I'm going to like, you know, something kind of dark and right. And their stuff. <sighs> What not? <laughs> what what is it about the Grateful Dead? I just I I've never understood it. I, I think that's one of those bands that like you know you people that first off I never have understood the this is not strictly um, um, relegated to Grateful Dead, but the idea of people who travel to see shows all across the country. Yeah, I, d- I just don't yeah. get it. I don't get it. I'm like I don't know where you got the money yeah. for the first for the first. I don't one. have I don't have the time. I don't have the money. Yeah, I mean that's. You have to have like no other you, obligations. <laughs> you're a white guy with you're a white guy with dreads. How are you getting? And you're in? following fish for the next thirty dates. How does um, that? How what does, do you do? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm, are you going to have a job later? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I, I, I I I don't understand. Yeah, I, how that how that dynamic works. I've never gotten Certainly, it. They're, they're pretty, yeah, I haven't either. I have not either. Now, I, I will say I have a um, a Grateful Dead record called Infrared Roses, which is a purely instrumental record. And I can say it's pretty cool. It's just from the instrumental point because it's just it, it, it's not it's just a laid back record. It's one of my chill records that I have. And I can handle that for sure. And I won't say that I'm not curious about seeing this dead and company thing next year, just because I want to kind of witness in in the live experience of it. It's not off my radar, but when it comes to uh, now, and I have seen fish that falls maybe into that, that um, group of great musicians don't need it again. Yeah. Yeah. Fish Just is, don't need it again. It's a lot. To I, you know, that, that's, that, that's a whole bunch that brings in way too much Jamie prog, whatever it is. And I'm cool. I don't need that again, but it was, it was, it was something that, that I wanted to experience. Got it. That was <laughs> God, 1994. <laughs> so, and I will say that I, I am somewhat curious about the the Dead and Company thing that's supposed to be making its its rounds next year, just because it is Grateful Dead. But my, it you know how much it's on my radar. That's how much it's on my radar. Is that I'm kind of interested in seeing it, but I don't know if I want to spend money to go see it. It's a thing. <laughs> Yeah. If somebody gave me a ticket, I may go. You know, uh, I, that likeliness is not to happen. 
you know, I'm thinking about it and I'm about like all these jam bands and how they have these people that travel. And, you know, I think right. that, and this, you know, some people be like, no, their music's great. But I'm, I feel like with the, all these bands, it's like, it's almost like a social event for these people more than it is about really tuning into the music. I mean, they can be strung out on yeah. a- acid or whatever and just kind of, you know, or just sit and, and kind of bake. Or, I mean, I think the modern equivalent to, to some of these bands for the, the, the one jam band that I do like, that I love is Ween. Mm-hmm. And I, but you, know, <laughs> but, but you know, I saw Ween before they were a jam. They didn't really become a jam band until they got a full band, right. which is like towards like the late nineties. So yeah, they, they would play Austin. They would play Austin like three days in a row. They, and they still like sell them right. out tw- twice in a, you know, two nights, but I would go there and, you know, I'd be there so amped to see them and listen to all their songs. But a lot of people there, they're just hitting there talking and walking around. You could tell they weren't really, they were just there for the kind of the vibe, you know, the, the atmosphere. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't, yeah. cause, I, cause I remember they were playing that, you know, the HIV AIDS song off of chocolate and cheese, but we were, they're playing that song, right? And everybody's sitting there chilling out and laughing, you know, cause they're in poor taste as we are always in poor taste. And this girl behind me goes, that's just so offensive. I can't believe it. And I'm like, do you not know this band? Is? <laughs> just like, I was going to say, do you know, do you not know what you signed up for tonight? <laughs> cause it, cause if this is going to break you, you're, you're, you wait till you get to some of their you're, other hold stuff. On. Yeah. These guys are not, not PC in the least, you know, but, uh, but I, 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 you know, I, I kind of think that that's maybe a part of it. It's, it's just kind of like lackadaisical atmosphere, it's, and the music isn't so in it's your face. Just you a know. community, you know? yeah, yeah. It's just a community that I just don't know how to fit into. I'm just not. People are they're so relaxed and they're so just like whatever, man. And so it's so, I'm like I'm that is just yeah. not that is not me. I'm not. I just I, have too it, many bills. Yeah, <laughs> I got. I got if, uh, hey, you know what? If he, here's the deal: if I didn't have to pay bills, then I would not be picking a band like oh, I don't know, Fish to follow around the country. <laughs> I would be finding something a little bit more oh, I don't know, dynamic. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe maybe I shouldn't say maybe I shouldn't say dynamic, but catchy, catchy. something a little bit more in in. Well, certainly in my taste, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'd follow you two around the country, Slayer around the country. Yeah. Let me hear Rain and Blood 30 times in 30 different cities. Bring it. But I don't want to have to hear like hoist (laughs) in its entirety every night for 30 nights. Trucking. Any of that stuff. Trucking. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. I think it's just, yeah. it, it's a, uh, it's just one of those things where you either get into it or you don't, and that's just one that I'm just, yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to get into it. So it's, it's past, it's passed me by. Sad I, to say. I, I will give, I will give the uh, Godfather of it a, a, a break, but everybody else, sorry. I do remember <laughs> the, 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 the one. I mean, the two things about Grateful Dead that as a kid I, I thought was funny was that video for Touch of Grey, because he had the skeletons, what was kind of amusing. But but, yeah. the, but the main thing that they got on my radar primarily was because I am the biggest Twilight Zone fan of the world. And when they brought back right. the, the 80s version, they did the theme for that, which was kind of weird. And it wasn't... Oh, was that them? Yeah, they did the theme for it. And that's, you know... So, very cool. I didn't know that. And they did all right with that. It was very, very... uh Grateful Deadish, but not. That's kind of cool. But no vocals, so that made it better. 
All right, so that wraps up this week's episode. Stay tuned for next week. We'll be delving into part two of bands you either love or hate. In the next episode, we're going to be covering Slipknot, Metallica, U2, Radiohead, and Marilyn Manson. So stay tuned for that. Take care and see you next week.